Most professional exterior paint jobs are guaranteed two to three years. Rhino Shield is guaranteed for 25 years. Hey, everybody, Todd Jeffries here for Rhino Shield. It's a ceramic coating that is eight times thicker than paint. It can be applied over any surface, including wood, bricks, stucco, steel, hardy board, vinyl, even your roof. And right now, they're offering a 15% discount. For a free quote, Texas Rhino Shield at 855 Rhino TX. That's 855 Rhino TX. And online, Texas Rhino Shield. The Todd and Oz Show is live. Get in on the conversation at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Todd and Oz. 705 here on the Todd and Oz Show. And yeah, you can join us too at 512-836-0590. Yeah, Austin voters, they said yes to Proposition B. And, uh, you know, the prohibition of camping and limiting solicitation in public areas. You know, we're trying to crack down on the homeless camping issues. That, yeah, you know, yeah. It was a long time ago. Austin voters said yes back in May of uh, 2021, right? 21, that's correct. Uh, the co-founder of uh, Save Austin Now, Matt McCoviak, is on the live news line to, to give us an update on this story. Matt, where are we? Yeah. Catch us up to date. Good morning, guys. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, yeah we, are, we are still in court. <clears throat> you know, we've sued the city. Um, I believe it was February of, of 2022. It might have even been earlier than that, and I'm trying to remember now. But um, we wanted to see, after that passed in May, <clears throat> the, you know, the city said they were going to go through a four-phase enforcement plan. Of course, this is with, with Steve Adler when he was mayor, and that plan was pretty pretty unserious, uh, even though it may have looked uh, you know substantial initially in terms of how it was enforced and how it was carried out. It was ridiculous. So we, you know, we, we recruited four small business owners who could prove injury, um, very specific things that happened uh, because the camera ban wasn't enforced, incidents at their businesses, theft in their parking lot, people being harassed, customers and employees, damage to their business. Uh, we have a, a Dairy Queen owner that had to, had to hire security after some, some incidents. Mm. The list goes on and on. So where are we? We're, we're suing the city. We're something like 160 or 170 days now before the third quarter of appeals. We did lose in district court, as we expected. But we wait. I don't know what the third court's doing. I hope they have a ruling soon. Um, we will appeal if we lose there, and we'll go to Texas Supreme Court. And that's where we think we'll have the fairest hearing, and we're very hopeful and, uh, and even somewhat encouraged. Uh, that, that they will, will see that uh, the will of the voters was very clear with a 58%, 42% victory in May of 2021, and mm-hmm. that the city is not enforcing Prop B. And, and, and catch everybody up to date and explain what Prop B would do if it was enforced. Yeah, guys, it did two things <clears throat> very specifically. Um, and really what it tried to do is really go back to where we were before the, camp, the disastrous camping ordinance was proposed by Comrade Greg Kassar, when he was on the city council um, and, and and pushed by by Mayor Adler at that time, uh, number one, it reinstates the camping ban, which they lifted, uh, and it expanded that area not just to downtown but all the way to the edge of campus, up to 29th Street. You know the the, uh, the effect of the homeless community uh, on on uh, the campus in in the, in the West Campus area uh, has been profound, and you can ask the uh, the parent safety organization Safe Horns uh, about that very thing. But second is uh, the sit lie ordinance that we used to have that was that was downtown. Uh, it, it, you know, excuse me, the camping ban was citywide, but the sit lie ordinance, which used to just be downtown, would also extend 
to, to the to the you know the area around the campus. <clears throat> it's just those really those two things. Right. So the idea is, look, we, we don't believe that every homeless person needs to be thrown in jail. We we have compassion towards these people, but but fundamentally, allowing them to do whatever they want, whenever they want, wherever they want, and allow open camping and pretend that's in, in any way compassionate towards homeless communities is, is a complete failure. It's failed in San Francisco and Los Angeles and Chicago and D.C. and New York, and yes, it's failed in Austin as well. We have seen some improvement uh, since the camping ban passed. Um, and sometimes the city likes to clean these things up when events like South by Southwest come around, which will in a couple of weeks. But we, we shouldn't have a, a city that's cleaner and safer for all just for two or three weeks because tourists are here. It should be a year-round thing. That's the, that's the will of the voters, right. and that's why we're suing. Matt, let me uh, let me uh, turn the, the the subject a little bit here. There's there's a couple of stories that uh, directly paint a bad light of the Travis County DA Jose Garza. Yeah, the Austin, the Austin Independent talking about some stories in a variety of scenarios where uh, bad dudes, bad criminals were let back on the streets only to commit even more crimes. But also this story that uh, KVU and Tony Paleski at the Statesman has this morning about the less than lethal munitions uh, that were expired and. Uh, yeah, the city council is pretending like they just now found out about this. Mm-hmm. Just your yep. thoughts on those two stories and the DA and just public safety in general on this find. Yeah, look, there is no greater threat to public safety in Austin than, than Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza, period, full stop. And you can ask anyone in law enforcement if that's a true statement, and they will tell you that is a true statement. Um, he was elected on an agenda of not prosecuting criminals and instead going after police officers. In fact, the number two person he hired, a woman named Trudy from New York State, uh, we have this, uh, put up a, a job posting on left-wing board saying, if you want to come prosecute police officers, join us in Austin. Not to serve justice, not, you know, not to protect uh, you know, victims, not to improve public safety, but to literally go after police officers, and that's what they've done. On the issue you, you raise about the munitions, um, that's, that is not new to city council. They were briefed on that in the executive session, good Lord, months, if not more than a year ago. Uh, and keep in mind what Jose Garza did. He indicted 19 police officers uh, for, for uh, engaging in riot control at a time uh, during the George Floyd riots when the 8th Street Bridge on I-35 right across from the APD headquarters had been overtaken by protesters. They were, they were uh, chanting that they were going to be marching to the APD headquarters, which could have been an absolutely catastrophic event for our city, mm. to say nothing of the fact that they were, they were occupying one of the most uh, congested and important uh, you know, roadways in our city. Look, um, to, to, to prosecute you know, line officers for defective equipment uh, is, I would actually say, evil. Uh, it's not just that it's wrong. It's truly evil. Um, it's not the line officer's responsibility to know whether equipment has, has become defective. That was someone's responsibility. And, yes, I do believe that person should be held responsible. But fundamentally, we should be thanking our officers for doing that riot control, for trying to restore order for our city. And Jose Garza bowed to political reality and legal reality by dropping charges against almost all of those officers. And I, as I predicted at the time, not one of them, I believe, will ever be convicted for anything they've been charged for in that case. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's, it's evil for what he did. But even worse, he may have ignored and overlooked the evidence that he had in his hand about the, uh, the expired munitions at the time. I remember a press conference the day after from yep. uh, one of the one of the attorneys involved, I think it was talking about the expired munitions, and yeah, the city council now um in their apology tweets, if you will, you know, talk, calling for transparency and things like that when they actually knew the information at the time, mm-hmm. and that information should have uh, cleared all of these cops from the get go, but instead, right. Jose Garza decided to interrupt and destroy each of these officers' lives, their families' lives, their wives, their children, their spouses. 
for the past two years. It was like 655 yep. Tormented days or something like that. Tormented yeah. them for the past two years on this issue, and he had the evidence in hand that indicates they should have never even been prosecuted, or indicted, rather. That's right. That's right. I mean, this is the kind of thing that, that, that uh, should, be, should, should, should cause a state bar complaint. If there's a courageous lawyer out there in the city of Austin or Travis County, I would encourage you to, to, to consider that. Uh, I, I predict there will be a, a lawsuit filed by some of these officers. If there hasn't already, I suspect there will be one soon. Um, this is prosecutorial misconduct. Um, as, a, as, a, as an officer of the court, uh, you have to present this information to, to judges. You have to take it into consideration. You have to, prove, you have to be able to prove um, that you took it, that you, that you were operating fairly. And he wasn't doing that in this case. In fact, I don't ever think, I don't think this was ever about convictions. Mm-hmm. I think it was about basically defund the police and, and undermine our police in, in another way, sort of in a backdoor way. And you're right. These officers were, were racking up hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal bills, were off the job. Their career prospects were, were, were obviously very much at risk. They're facing felonies and years in jail. Uh, truly outrageous from, from our from our prosecutor, but guys, this is where we got to focus, right? If you're if you're tired of Jose Garza making our city less safe, our county less safe, we have three three ways of of, of uh, getting him out of there. The first is yes, there's a Democratic primary uh, here on March 5th, and there's Jeremy Sillerstein is running. He is a former assistant district attorney, a very serious person who worked for Margaret Moore. Um, and so, you know, that might be one thing that people can, can very seriously look at, and I'd encourage people to, ch- to check him out online. Second, we have an outstanding Republican running in the fall, Daniel Betts. I'd encourage people to check him out. He's a criminal defense attorney, very bright guy. Um, and if Jose Garza is nominated, uh, that'll be an interesting, very interesting race to watch. Mm-hmm. And then finally, as you guys know, we started an effort called Garza Watch, GarzaWatch.com. Uh, with House Bill 17, we have an opportunity to, to uh, consider a petition that can remove him from office for not prosecuting categories of crime. We have been working on that since September 1st of last year when that law took effect. We have not been sitting on our hands. We've been collecting information and research. Stay tuned. We will have some news in that, re- in that regard very, very soon. There we go. Matt McCulviak, co-founder, Save Austin. Now, thank you so much for joining us on the live news line this morning. Seven eighteen here on the Todd and Oz Show. You can join us at 512-836-0590. That conversation and some of the stories we talked about with Matt McCoviak from Save Austin now. I've uh, got that on my Twitterverse. Uh, you can check it out. Art Acevedo weighed in on the on my uh, Twitterverse uh, X account last night. Yeah, what do you have to say? Well, I, I just posted this story about how... Uh, how horrible Jose Garza has been as a district attorney. Uh, this article that's in the AustinIndependent.org website highlighting a variety of stories in which D.A. Garza has let these violent criminals out only to commit more crimes. And well, I basically said uh, that Jose Garza should make like uh, Acevedo and leave. Do an Acevedo and leave. And Acevedo tweets back, I haven't good anywhere, Todd. So I replied, you know, back with a meme that's, you know, nobody really cares. And, uh, well, well, that's true. He's invited to call the show now that he's free to talk. And now that he's, um, you know, now he's not restricted uh, by the current city manager from speaking. Uh, he's, he's free to call the show. I actually would love to hear from him. At 512-836-0590. Listen, there's a new poll, and it shows Americans increasingly critical of Israel in its campaign 
in the war against uh, Hamas in Gaza. Half of Americans surveyed say Israel's gone too far in its war in Gaza, according to an AP NORC poll of more than 1,100 adults taken at the end of January. The growing disapproval of Israel's military response to the October 7th Hamas attack, most striking among independents at 52%, up from 39% in November, and Republicans, 33%, up from 18%. For Democrats, a smaller jump, 63% versus 58%. And 46% of Democrats approve of how President Biden is handling the conflict, though there's a fracture, with about 6 in 10 non-white Democrats disapproving versus about half of white Democrats approving. Lillian Wu, Fox News. Let's talk about it. Uh, Have they gone too far? Uh, 512-836-0590. It, uh, it doesn't appear that they're done, right? Is, is Hamas still standing? Yes. Then they haven't gone far enough. I agree. Okay. I agree. I think we can all can agree on that? that, right? I would think even uh, Palestinians agree with that, right? Do I they? would hope so. Do but they? I don't think as many as we would hope actually mm-hmm. do. Yes. Unfortunately. Right. And, you know, that... There's like a growing contingency of of young people that are very you know very anti they're they're very pro Palestine pro Gaza and this whole thing right and uh, I was flipping through yesterday Van Jones was on CNN mm-hmm. and he made a good point he said uh, one of Joe Biden's real big problems right now is you got all these young people out there calling him genocide Joe and and it's a it's a catchy little four syllable phrase that that is really catching on with young people and and uh, that that may be why we're seeing you know less and less support for Israel, you know, as young people are swayed by that narrative. Oh, those young people, those college kids will be easy to lure back into the Biden camp once he forgives their student loan debts. Gives them a few freebies. Gives them a few freebies and they'll come back around, right? No, but you're right. Uh, uh, there is a growing uh, groundswell of young people that are speaking out against Joe. They're they're pro-Hamas. Pro-Hamas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I thought, what did, uh, just yesterday, uh, uh, or this week, we had, uh, who was it? Uh, Pramila Jayapal and, and Corey Bush, I think, were the only two to vote against a proposed bill in the House that uh, w- would would ban Hamas terrorists. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's like the enemies are here. Not only are they here in our gates, we've elected them and put them in our government. Do you think that they support Hamas yeah. or are they just afraid of Hamas? No, I think they Because they got Hamas. family back at home under the thumb of Hamas, right? That's what we hear, right? I think they support Hamas. All right, jump really in do. here at 512-836-0590. I don't think Israel's gone far enough. I think they should continue and continue and continue until the American hostages are released. Yeah. yeah. There's hostages still being held. And Hamas is basically How, how said, can you stop when the hostages are being, still being held? Well, didn't they say months ago, no more hostage releases until uh, whatever, we get a ceasefire or, you know, we can run away and hide like the cowards we are? All right, let's squeeze in some calls here. Uh, let's see. It's uh, uh, Kevin is checking in from Temple, wants to wait on the border crisis uh, this morning. Uh, Kevin, good morning. Good morning. Well, I just was going to mention, I think people kind of need to update their views about um, immigration. Of course, this is illegal immigration. A long time ago, people were coming here Mm -hmm. uh, legally, number one, and number two, they were not coming to a country with a huge welfare state. Um, So... If you made it, if you, you know, your dreams were fulfilled and you made it, you stayed. But if you didn't make it, half of those people went back. These people who are coming here, certainly the ones illegally, 
they don't go back because yeah. we have this huge welfare state and we take care of everybody whether they're working or not. Um, now, I think the legal immigrants who we still let in uh, a million a year, I think this, that story is probably true for a lot of them, but these illegals, I think they're coming here for what they can get. I no, don't no, think they, they're sympathetic at all. No, 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 you're, you're absolutely right because, because by and large, most don't show any uh, indication that they want to integrate or assimilate or, or fly the American flag that's, that is protecting or, their or freedom work. here. Or work. Or work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, we're just suckers. The whole world is now aware because of the UN and the CIA and all those people that we're just suckers and they're just going to fill this country up until we collapse. I think that's the plan. That's, I think that's the plan. I, I, I think you're very accurate. I think that's the long game. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. I uh, appreciate you checking in this morning. Let's see. Let's uh, let's go to uh, Bill in Leander this morning. Bill, good morning. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Yes, sir. Um, you know, Oz and Todd, you guys made an interesting, like, passing comment when you said, like, well, I don't know if uh, all the people in Gaza, I think it was you, Oz, had said, uh, you know, or not pro-Hamas, essentially, is what you're saying. They elected Hamas in an overwhelming majority. Yeah, so I was thinking, like, wow, that's interesting. And so I've seen enough, like, uh, you know, um, I've read enough articles, seen enough videos and interviews. It's like um, the indoctrination mm. that goes on over there is extremely strong, and the infiltration in various uh, aspects of the society over there, I'm like, wow, isn't that interesting? You look at, like, what's going on in the United States and the infiltration, and, and like, I would, never would have thought I would have seen the day when people would be um, pro-Hamas or at least uh, thinking that Israel's gone, not, has gone yeah. too far. No, no, no. Yeah, and, uh, I agree, Bill. Uh, it's, it's stunning to me. I don't yeah. know how old you are, but the generation we grew up in, uh, we, 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 we grew to hate radical Islam, right? Yeah, Hijackings and bombings and, you know, things like that. I mean, it's... It's uh, it, it is shocking, Bill, to hear how young people feel about uh, this conflict. It really is. Yeah, I, yeah. I was just going to say, in conclusion, it's like watch out, America. It's like you know, you're you're seeing uh, a, a little bit of a, a potential reflection. Yeah, of and you what know, could happen here. And you know what's interesting, Bill, is 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 there is part of that that group, those young college kids, that truly do speak out and hate Christianity. They hate. The Christianity of America. They yeah. push back on it a lot yeah. as if they're unaware of radical Islam. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And they're propping that up. Are they not aware of what radical Islam is all about? They just don't get it. Well, I think they're aware. Uh, I, it's just, you know, the obvious. I think often nowadays, you know, so many young people look at, look at everything through the prism of I'm just a victim and social justice. And it's like, hey, it's Christianity, that represents the white system. And it's therefore, true. you know, Everything else is good, and that's bad. If you look through, uh, if you look through a prism of oppressor and oppressed through uh, everything in life, you're you're gonna find it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin in Georgetown this morning. Hey, Kevin. Hey, good morning, guys. Yeah. Hey, uh, and I was real disturbed this morning to hear that the Biden administration has put sanctions on four Israelis in the Western territories for their actions against uh, civilians. But uh, you know, I don't think. Uh, the Biden administration has put sanctions back on Iran after 170 attacks. So uh, I don't know who these democratic socialists are that's uh, uh, of the Quran Jean-Pierre uh, wing of the uh, party that's running the administration. 
uh, on behalf of Biden, but uh, we need to wake up. Mm. I hear you, man. Yeah, there it's a fairly unprecedented executive order there. 733 here on the Todd and Oz Show, and you can join us at 512-836-0590. Uh, Fox reporter Raymond Araro, he uh, went out to the streets of New York City to talk to a few folks, and especially in the wake of that uh, illegal alien attack, that gang-style attack on those police officers. A couple of them are on the run this morning, possibly on a bus headed towards California. Uh, Fox reporters went out on the streets to uh, just to get some uh, community impact and reaction to this story. It was in front of this building on 42nd Street where two cops tried to break up a mob and they were assaulted by illegal aliens who are now out bail free. I decided to ask New Yorkers what should be done in their reaction to the incident. Do you blame President Biden for that? I do. I do. Because the wall was being built. Then it got stopped. Honestly, I think we have to protect the border. We need to know who's here. And I'm a diehard Democrat, and I'm saying that. Your thoughts on who's to blame for this migrant crisis we're seeing in the city? The government. You know why the government is to blame? Because they let them in. And the only way they can get in is through the government. Who do you blame specifically? Um, Joe Biden. Why? I blame Joe Biden because Donald Trump didn't let no migrants in. President Biden. Why? Because he's the, the, the border's wide open. There's a guy named Joe Biden. Is that who you blame? Uh, that's a, that's where everything started about yeah. four years ago. I blame the White House. They could do a heck of a lot more than what they're doing to close the border. The governor here says they should be deported, particularly these guys who attack the cops. Do you support deporting these people? If they don't have the credentials to be able to adapt into society and deport them back to where right. they belong. They need to go back. They need to get deported. I mean, they're not here legally. We've got to deport them. we got to get rid of them, but I don't know how to do it once they get in here. So we got a mess, don't we? Deport it or, yeah, stop allowing them to come to our city and bring in their garbage over here. We don't need that. We already got our own system going on. People are already in the shelter for three, four years. It's not fair they got to leave once somebody else come from somewhere else. All those guys are out. They're 19-year-old Venezuelans beating the cops. They belong deported into their jail in Venezuela. There you go. Just a few feet, people on the streets there of uh, New York City. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there, I mean, this all started when Eric Adams just invited all the illegal immigrants up there. He put them up in like nice, swanky Times Square hotels where sanctuary. they still are at 400 bucks, 500 bucks a night. Sanctuary City, man. Those sanctuary cities are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Curtis Curtis Sliwa with the uh, the Guardian Angels That's up right. there. Where's the, the, the BD? Yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I saw him on uh, on, on Fox last night, mm-hmm. and uh, he was saying, what you're seeing now is, you know, you, you've got enough enough people who've come up here to where... They're empowered. They're resisting. They're they're grouping up, forming almost gangs. You got the video evidence of these guys, uh, you know, beating on cops. They're getting out of jail, and he says right now they're they're almost modern day untouchables. Wow! And you know what? They they kind of are because if you or I were to go beat on a cop in any city in this nation, we'd still be sitting in jail right now, and we'd probably have the bumps and bruises to prove it. You're probably right. Yeah, it is uh, uh, seven thirty six here at KLBJ. Uh, you could join us at 512-836-0590. One of the uh, participants in the uh, uh, the January the 6th get-together at, ca- at, uh, at our nation's capital yeah. when things got out of hand. And uh, one of the gentlemen that um, swung at a cop actually got sentenced to six uh, years in prison. And that sounds incredibly excessive when you consider these illegal aliens that jumped a cop and are now walking freely. Sure, sure. Well, you know, they're, I mean, they're... they're 
we we like to in this country we we, we often hear the word privilege right that is modern day privilege it right? is uh, jacob is in hutto this morning on the tight and show jacob good morning hey good morning yes, sir. Um, you know it's these democrats that are finally coming around on the immigration thing you know it's um it's funny that it didn't take all the deaths from fentanyl for them to wake up. It, it shows a lot about their character that as soon as you inconvenience them, okay, now it's a big issue. But they won't, they weren't looking out for us when these people were dying of fentanyl. They still are. I mean, all sorts of stuff. It's just, it just shows their character. It's mm. just. Well, their priority oh, certainly yeah. is. It, 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 it's, it's clear that their priority in cities like them. And our federal government, public safety is is not one of them. House Republicans, they are seeking to impeach the DHS secretary, uh, Mayorkas, uh, over what they consider to be, uh, you know, his mishandling of immigration enforcement. Uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson, uh, the Republican from Louisiana, just a few minutes ago, talked about, uh, well, the historic uh, impeachment vote. Mayorkas is an unmitigated disaster as a cabinet secretary. I believe he's the worst in the history of the country. And impeachment is a, is a, is a really important and serious measure for the House to take. It's an important, a heavy responsibility that we have under the Constitution. Now, the impeachment process comes after a record surge of uh, undocumented Im- immigrants, illegal aliens crossing the southern border in the United States. So... Well, here we go. And, and and not to mention, they still got the negotiations going for this border bill package. We passed H.R. 2. That's our Secure the Border Act. Months ago, nine months ago, it's been sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk collecting dust. If they really wanted to solve the problem, all he has to do is bring that up for a vote and send it to the president's desk. But he refuses to do that. Mm, there you go. Uh, you know, Dan Crenshaw mm-hmm. of Texas. Houston. Yeah. Yeah. He, he actually, these days, he's sounding less and less like a Republican, actually. And he slammed Republicans just yesterday. It was on CNN talking about how uh, it, it's it's the height of stupidity having a, a strong opinion on something you know nothing about. Uh, I, and he says, I don't know much about the bill, but uh, then he says, I'm, I'm very disappointed in the very strange maneuvering by many on uh, many on the right to torpedo a potential, a potential border reform bill. Uh, if we have a bill that on net significantly decreases illegal immigration, we sabotage it. It's inconsistent with what we told our voters we'd do. Yeah. But he sounds like uh, he he sounds like a young man who's uh, who 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 has served our military. He's probably conservative, but he sounds like a young man that's influenced by a liberal girlfriend. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Probably. No, yeah. seriously. Yeah. He sounds like a young man that's not confident in his position and is dating some some liberal co-ed. That's that's what it sounds like. He's afraid. He's afraid to speak in his own home province. Seems like he hit the scene, you know, when he was first elected, and everybody thought this guy's a real, you know, powerhouse conservative. And then just steadily as the months have progressed, yeah, it's kind of like, dude, are you even? Is that a fair? Are assessment? you even a Republican? Yeah, is it that is a fair, a fair assessment? assessment? You, you Don't see judge. that? You see that with some of your friends, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've definitely. It's it's a sad state. Yeah, it's a sad state mm-hmm. of affairs. It's a form of neutering. Yeah, well, you know. He's got to think with the right brain. <laughs> Power through. <laughs> Tom is in Cedar Park this morning. Tom, what's on your mind? Well, good morning, guys. Yes, um, sir. Well, what's kind of amazing to me is is that you know people are outraged about what's going on, be it uh, crime, uh, the immigration, inflation, but all government is local. And let, let's pick on the Travis County DA. We're all outraged about his soft on crime thing. And everybody seems willing to wait another 10 months 
to do anything about it. Oh, you just wait. We'll get you at the uh, at the polling booth. Why don't we recall these people right now? They're, they'll understand that. You knock a couple of those guys off by a recall, and you're going to get a totally different approach to government. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it actually takes people, you know, mobilizing to make something like that happen. There's too That's much true. apathy, I think, in the community to, you know, people like to people like to get mad. People like to, you know, go on social media. But when it comes down to taking action like that, it doesn't seem to happen. 746 here on the Tatanaz Show. The ATF whistleblowers sounding the alarm. The Biden administration proposal that effectively bans gun sales, private gun sales. Guns in America. Yeah, these whistleblowers with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Explosives, uh, they're uh, sounding the alarm uh, on, on a reported 1,300-page draft document that allegedly justifies a proposed rule that would effectively ban private gun sales. Uh, here's a quote. The fact that the inside ATF sources are blowing the whistle on this draft rule is an indication of what uh, a difficult position it would be to put the ATF in. ATF agents did not sign up to go after law-abiding citizens for private sales protected under the Second Amendment of the Constitution is what Tristan Levitt, president of this watchdog group, Empower Oversight, said in a press release. Now, the group sent a letter to the Attorney General, the ATF director, uh, this week demanding answers and documents about the whistleblower claims that the agency is preparing a proposed rule requiring background checks for all gun sales. Huh. Well, I guess they're going to create a, an even larger black market now because I could see a lot of people just not not even being willing to adhere to this at all. Sure. I mean, you How know, would they enforce that? It'd be tough to do. It's unenforceable. For, I mean, for private gun sales? I sell a shotgun to a buddy. Meet some guy in the academy parking lot? Well, I'm not too sure I'd do that, some stranger, but selling it to a friend well, or I somebody mean, I know? Yeah. my son, Give my guns to my son? Is that a problem? I don't see any problem with that at all. Well, the letter details that the group learned through uh, two sources in the ATF that uh, under the direction of the White House, the ATF has drafted this 13-page document in support of this rule that would effectively ban the, you know, the private uh, sale of firearms, one citizen to another. Requiring a background check for all sales. What do you think of that? Uh, jump in here. 512-836-0590. Well, I would point out that uh, if this is adopted, it would almost certainly, immediately, face some kind of litigation. Supreme Court, let's not forget the Supreme Court just recently has uh, expanded gun rights in a couple of, uh, well, a number of significant cases over the past couple of decades. The administration so, is doing this just because uh, it's campaign season. That's right. Let's get a let's get a can let's get a third rail issue out there to debate. But but don't think for a second that that making it more and more difficult to access guns and ammunition right. uh, is, is not what they want to do. That's exactly. Yeah. Ultimately, if if Joe Biden weren't a coward, and if all these other Democrats running for office weren't cowards, they'd come out and say what they really want, and that is we want to take every bullet and every gun that fires it away from you. I don't see how you do that with an open border. And a rise in crime across this country. Come on. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, come on. I mean, right? Certainly doesn't seem wise to disarm the largest army on the planet. Well, uh, the letter comes after the Biden administration advocate for stricter gun control, including uh, in August when the ATF introduced, uh, they call it ATF 2022 R-17, otherwise known as uh, the definition of engaged in business as a dealer in firearms. 
Uh, that proposed rule would amend the agency's regulations uh, to incorporate provisions of uh, the Safe Communities Act when it comes to, you know, gun legislation. So if you got a gun and you want to sell it to a buddy, uh, they, they, they would say if this is approved that you just can't do that. Well, I, I just don't see, like you, like you pointed out, I mean, it's almost impossible to enforce. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that you're just going to frustrate people to the point of where you're going to actually create more of what the very thing that you don't want to happen. I, I, I guess to enforce this, the ATF would have to come to uh, randomly come to people's homes and spot check their gun safes. Nah, we can't, ha- we can't have that. Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, I guess it might require something like that, but there's no way something like that would pass muster in the legal system would it i don't think so I mean, you know I, I normally i would just i would confidently say that but you know everything is so weird now well a quote from the story says such an expansive rule that threats all private citizens the same as uh, federal firearms licensees would uh, circumvent the separation of powers in the constitution which which grants all legislative powers to congress while requiring that the president take care of the laws be faithfully executed uh, to the extent such a rule prevents the private sale of firearms, uh, it would also clearly violate the Second Amendment, the United States Constitution, which declares that the rights of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's pretty clear to me. It's, yeah. it's actually, it's abundantly clear. Let's squeeze in some of these calls. People want to weigh in on this story. Uh, jump in at 512-836-0590. Tommy, I see you there on hold and others. And, well, we'd like to hear what you got to say about this. Seems pretty, uh, well, it seems well, it seems wrong. It just amazes me how they think that more laws aimed at you and me and every legal gun owner is going to stop a criminal from, from getting a hand and, none of the, and doing none something of, with it. None of these laws stop criminals. Of course they don't. It's That's only, why they're criminals. It's only a hurdle for law-abiding citizens. Right. Uh, Tommy, good morning on the Todd and Oz Show. Hey, Tommy. More, yeah, morning, guys. How you guys doing? Good. Hey, uh, trying to find a silver lining in these clouds this morning if there's one thing that that has made me happy during the biden administration and 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 even obama is if you look at the record number of gun sales that have occurred in the country that's and it's not all just the deplorables that are are buying these guns you've got a lot of liberals as well and so Mm. they can pass all the laws they want Trying to get the guns out of the American hand, out of Americans' hands, it's like trying to empty the ocean with a teaspoon. It's impossible. Yep. And one other thing I would say, it's it kind of in, along that same vein, the government is not as, and I hope I'm right about this, is, is all powerful and as we think they are. Just last week, Texas was given an ultimatum to cut the razor wire, and we basically said, no, we're not going to do that, and the government blinked. So there's strength in our numbers. These uh, laws don't scare me because we just have too many guns in the United States in law-abiding hands, and they're just not going to take them. It just—it's feasible. It's not. A, it's, I don't see how it's possible. Absolutely not possible. You're right. You're right. But that, that's not going to stop them from trying. I don't think we have too much, though. I don't think we have enough, personally. This you could never. Have anyway, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Tommy. Hey, thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it. All right. It. Uh, all right. Listen. Uh, yeah, you can join us too at five one two eight three six zero five nine. This is just a a draft proposal. Uh, we, yeah, we haven't seen the text of it. Yeah, the the specifics of it could right. be better, could be worse than what we're expecting. We we don't know yet. But it already feels like a you know a, a, a certain level of infringing. There's been a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of that going on. Yeah, Second Amendment by right. Andy, we got time to uh, take a couple of these. Can I hit a couple of those? You mind? Which one do you want me to hit there? Do you mind? Let's see. You mind? Let's go to. Hello, you're on the air, KLBJ. My my computer screen's kind of messed oh. up. Here. Oh, gone. they're gone. They're gone. Okay. All right. All right. Well. I got a little computer screen issue, but I think we're better now. 
All right, uh, listen, you can join us at 512-836-0590. Go ahead, what were you going to say? Go ahead. No, 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 I was picking my head up. All right, listen, uh, there's a growing push uh, to do more to protect kids online. Yeah, there's some new legislation in Congress that will require social media websites and video game companies and messaging apps to take uh, reasonable measures to protect kids. This comes at a time when the FBI is seeing a, a spike in what is called sex extortion cases. We know that that's actually only a fraction of what is actually going on because a lot of these cases don't get reported. Now, uh, Russell Dorn is with the FBI's Crimes Against Children program in Texas. They say sex extortion is where a child is tricked into sending a lewd picture of themselves to someone and then extorted for cash. And, uh, well, yeah, it happens sometimes right underneath parents' eyes. They just don't realize it's happening, and the next thing you know, the child's been victimized. Yeah, yeah, and the child, I, I guess, probably feels just, you know, he or she has has no one to turn to, no one to tell, I, I, and and they, they end up, you know, submitting to these demands. The FBI says that uh, reports of financially motivated extortion involving minors uh, increased at least 20%. From October of 2022 to March of last year, relative to the wow. same six months period the prior year, so sex extortion they say is a rapidly escalating threat, Man. and and it's a I, what a scummy thing to do. The Todd and Oz Show weekday mornings five to ten on News Radio KLBJ. Most professional exterior paint jobs are guaranteed two to three years. Rhino Shield is guaranteed for 25 years. Hey, everybody, Todd Jeffries here for Rhino Shield. It's a ceramic coating that is eight times thicker than paint. It can be applied over any surface, including wood, bricks, stucco, steel, hardy board, vinyl, even your roof. And right now, they're offering a 15% discount. For a free quote, Texas Rhino Shield at 855 855- Rhino TX. That's 855 Rhino TX. And online, TexasRhinoShield.com.